Welcome to the Mrs. Rev Podcast, where we equip and empower you to fulfill God's call with joy and with purpose. Get your Bible and get ready to take some notes as we jump into another episode of the Mrs. Rev Podcast with your host, Pastor Joey Miller. Hey, and welcome to the Mrs. Rev Podcast. We're so excited to have you join us today for the topic, The Way Up is Down. The Way Up is Down. And today we are going to be talking about submission to authority. But before we get into that, I want to invite you out tonight to our Spring L event at Champion Christian Center, Washington location, 6.30 p.m. The doors open for the pre-party. 7 o'clock service starts with guest evangelist Melissa Swindle. So don't miss Shine Bright tonight at Champion Christian Center. Also, don't forget that you can request to join our closed Facebook group on Facebook. It's a group where you can have more direct access to ask more mentoring questions. And and there's also a live interactive Facebook broadcast that happens once a month. So if you haven't already, go ahead to Facebook and request to join the Mrs. Rev closed Facebook group. Group. Well, today I'm excited to talk about this topic with our guest evangelist, Melissa Swindle. Melissa Swindle is a graduate of Rama in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She's been a part of Kenneth Hagen Ministries. She's a vital part and was a vital part of the Eagle Mountain International Church in Fort Worth, Texas. She resides in Tampa, Florida now and travels across the U.S. as well as internationally, emphasizing in Christ, the life that we have in Christ, uh, and demonstrating how to put that revelation into practice. So you can also follow uh, Melissa Swindle on social media and on Instagram at Melissa.Swindle. Follow her on Facebook at Melissa Swindle and to subscribe to her YouTube channel, Melissa Swindle. Visit MelissaSwindle.com for upcoming events and speaking engagements. And we are excited to have her once again tonight at L Ministry. So we're talking about submission and authority. And uh, so, Reverend Melissa, you are a woman in ministry, yes, ma'am. single, yes. traveling internationally and across America. So how did that all happen? I mean, we're addressing women uh, in general today, women in ministry, women in leadership, just women of faith in general. But what an inspiration to see a woman just going after the things of God, not waiting, not waiting for the, you know, the time that we have set up in our mind, like once this happens, then I will, but just going after it. So tell us a little bit of your story. Well, I'm excited to be here with you today. Thank you so much for having me, Pastor Joy, as, as a guest on your um, Mrs. Reb podcast. But um, one of the things that you uh, spoke about is I went to Bible school at Rama. So, you know, being a woman of God, having a call in my life, I knew I needed to get trained. Um, because you can be born with the call, you can be born with the gift, but you have to develop it. And one of the things that Brother Hagen taught us at Rama, he started Rama Bible Training Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is that preparation time is never wasted mm-hmm. time. And we're talking about submission and authority and that the way up in the kingdom of God is down. And uh, we got to chat a, a little bit about that last night. And when I was a student, you know, I graduated and after two years, it was a two-year program then, but I was praying after, um, you know, it's getting close to graduation time, Lord, what am I supposed to do? All my friends are getting married. You know, I thought I was going to go to Rama, meet my husband. We were going to go from Tulsa to the nation. Get you your know. Mrs. Degree. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was <laughs> looking for my MRS. And, um, you know, but I didn't meet my husband at Rama. Um, however, um, I knew I had to keep going forward with the call of God for my life. I couldn't wait. Mm-hmm. I needed to continue to prepare and to train. And so as I was praying about what I was supposed to do after I graduate, you know, all my girlfriends, 
friends are getting their MRS degree. They're getting married. They're going to pioneer churches with their husband. They're moving to the mission field. But the Spirit of God spoke to my heart, stay, serve, sow, and grow. Mm. So I actually ended up staying at Kenneth Hagen Ministries and working there at the Prayer and Healing Center. Um, I was there with the Hagens for a total awesome. of seven years. Wow, what a blessing. And so, you know, the big thing uh, about being there and doing what God said to me, listen to this statement, ladies, stay, serve, sow, and grow is, you know, Melissa Swindle International Ministries wasn't across the front of the Prayer and Healing Center. It was Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I made the vision of Kenneth Hagen Ministries my vision. Because at the time I was a single girl. I didn't have a husband who was pining in a church or doing those things. And and what I w should have done if I got married then is I would have hooked in with my husband and made his vision my vision. But God still had a plan for me, even though I was a single girl, and to train me and to prepare me for my individual call and for when I do get married so that I'm prepared and trained to come alongside my husband. But as I stayed there, you know, um, it didn't always feel good on my flesh. Because as you're training for ministry um, as a woman, you know, in our circles, uh, you know, they say in our camp, as we call it, the Word of Faith camp, you know, Brother Hagen did a book on, it's called The Women Question. It was about, can women be preachers? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we believe, according to the New Testament, that they can. Um, however, I didn't see a lot of examples around me of single women doing the will of God by themselves. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't go, well, Lord, I should just stop and wait or go back home and start working a secular job. No, I had to keep moving forward with the plan by obeying what the Spirit of God told me. And he told me, make Kenneth Hagin's vision your vision. So I worked with them at the Prayer and Healing Center for seven years. Um, I taught uh, in the healing school. I was a healing technician for them. And as I began to do that, I started to learn. Mm. about the ins and outs of ministry and how it just wasn't about me and my ministry. Because even though you have a call and an anointing, it's not about Melissa. Mm. That's good. It's about Jesus yeah. and about, and it's not about my big anointing. It's about uh, the anointing of God on me and really what God's done for me, he'll do for others. That's good. And so I really learned there about um, that if I would make their vision my vision, God would promote me. And what began to happen, because I was faithful there to serve, people started to find out about my ministry. Wow. And so I started getting invitations. And um, one of the big uh, breakthroughs for my, my ministry individually is I got to go to Brazil. And um, I taught there at um, for a friend there. They had a big church in Brazil. And the, he went there and started a prayer and healing school. And I got to teach in the prayer school and then taught. They did their first conference on the Holy Spirit and, and did a conference on the Holy Spirit. And then after that, invitations became, began to come for me. But I was still faithful to the vision of Kenneth Hagin Ministries. Now, yeah. why did I do that? Because the Bible says if you humble yourself, under the almighty hand of God in due time, I'll exalt you. Mm, so good. Now, when I went to Raymond, it was 1998. There was no Facebook, there was no YouTube, and there was no Instagram. So I didn't have a way to hire a marketing person to... Uh, push my ministry for me, you know, right. so I could book some meetings. And, you know, I've been so grateful that over the years, Pastor Joey is, um, now this is not everybody's testimony, but it's, it's my testimony. I've never had to call as a traveling evangelist or minister and ask for a meeting. 
So good. God has been faithful to me to uh, to bring me open doors and invitations to come through divine connections, or God would put me on people's heart. And I can say with confidence, and I believe with all my heart, the reason that that's happened for me that way in my ministry is because I was faithful to do what God told me to do when it wasn't easy, when I was a single girl, I'm still single now, um, but when my name wasn't on you know, it was a faith shield for Kenneth Hagen Ministries. It was on top of the church, not, you know, uh, the Melissa Swindle International right, Ministries yeah. watermark. Yeah. And so because of that, I believe that I sowed seeds of faithfulness and I was sowing into the future of my own ministry. That's so good. And there's so much to dive into there. You know, um, I want to pause for a second and and just talk about that because, you know, the world system says you have to do it. You have to make a way for yourself. You have to strive. You have to uh, run the rat race and 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 get it done. And, you know, it's not that you don't have to, to hustle and work hard, but I love what you're saying because you took your seed and sowed it into another person's ministry. And that's so contrary to the way that the world operates and the world works. And I think especially as women and women in ministry, women in leadership, you know, the world is speaking like almost like a chip onto our shoulder, like, you know, I am woman, hear me roar kind of mm-hmm. thing. And and almost this entitlement mentality. And, you know, still remembering that promotion comes from the Lord, yes. that the Lord sees. And, and you know, not doing things and taking things into our own hands. Because as women, I feel like we're good at that. Like, okay, I'm called. Well, thank you for the call. Now I'm going to take it from here, Lord. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make it happen. And and you can't live and operate like that. So, you know, I love. And so speak a little bit about that instruction and what you felt like as you were so, I mean, you've served just from talking to mm-hmm. you, like starting out. And you could talk about this a little bit like just nobody knew who you were nobody knew you were in ministry but you started by picking up uh, a woman of God's purse and taking it to the front pew for her mm-hmm, every week mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and so just speak about that about the way of God that we're not self-promoting it's, it's in serving and sowing seed in the little things absolutely you know if you know the Bible says if you'll be faithful over that which is another man's pastor uh, you know you'll get that which is your own mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times not just with the ministry but even in the secular arena they want to be like I want my own business I want to do this or, you know, I'm called to be an entrepreneur. But, you know, in this case, we're talking about you're a woman called into ministry. Um, you don't have to strive and make your own way. If you'll be faithful to someone else's, you're sowing seed from your future and you're learning so much. Yeah. I was learning so much about the ins and outs of ministry, about ministry etiquette, how to work the word, um, just so many different things. When I was at Kenneth Hagen Ministries, you know, as I was faithful to their vision, God started opening doors for me. I started traveling and started preaching, but I was still faithful. So, you know, when I was a student at Rama, we went to school every day from 8 to 12. We got the word. And then I went to prayer school every day and I served. So after I graduated, I didn't go, well, now this is my chance to do my own thing. No, the Spirit of God had said to me, stay, serve, sow, and grow. So I took that same time after I graduated that I would have been going to school, and I sowed that into Kenneth Hagen Ministries. I didn't say, I went and I showed up every morning when I first started like I was an employee. Wow. When the office is open, I said, I'm here. What do you need me to do today? And and I didn't say, you know, if you need somebody to preach today at prayer school, I'm your girl. If you need somebody to throw the microphone to, call me. No, I started, I um, 
I started being faithful where I was at, and I started learning. So I, I, I worked the prayer lines. I uh, did healing school, prayer school. I led prayer groups. I did the prayer curriculum. I trained other leaders. I started training students. And as I did that, God started promoting me. And then I started getting book meetings and traveling and that kind of thing. Um, but after the end of that seven years, um, I knew it was time for me to make a change. I didn't know exactly what it was. And um, the Spirit of God... Uh, led me, I went to Eagle Mountain International Church. And it's kind of the same circle because uh, the Copelands and uh, uh, Brother Hagen, they were close, you know. Brother Copeland learned about faith from Brother Hagen and Brother Oral Roberts. So um, I was there in a service on a Wednesday night, and the Spirit of God spoke to me, and he said, Pastor and Mrs. Hagen, um, you know, they're your pastors, but now Pastor George and Terry Pearsons are your pastors. Well, I had known enough and learned enough at Bible school that I needed to pastor. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, I know right now, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown is your pastor. He's also my pastor. I'm based out of Tampa, Florida now and and out of Pastor Rodney's church. Um, But we still need leaders in our life that we look to and that we come up under their vision and we're gleaning and we're getting impartations from their lives. And so I... uh, I heard the Spirit of God say, Pastor George and Terry Pearsons were my pastors. He said that to me emphatically in my heart three times. I went back to Kenneth Copeland Ministries. I shared with them and my, my leaders that that's what the Spirit of God said to me. And they said, oh, well, we already knew that. We were just waiting for you to get it. I oh, said, wow. oh, my Lord. <laughs> but see, you know, I just didn't take off and go, hey, God bless you, God deuces. I'm going to, you know, Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and I'm going to do my own thing there, and I'm going to start traveling with them all over the world. Well, I didn't even know at that time that's what God had for me with them. I just knew they were my pastors. But what I did is I submitted the mm. information that I'd received from the Holy Spirit to my leaders Oh, so good. Let's pause here for a second because this is so good, especially, you know, as a woman in ministry, a single woman out there, um, just women in general, you know, the importance of having that spiritual covering and having a pastor. You might say, which, uh, you know, Reverend Melissa is an evangelist. Why does she need a pastor? Pastor Joey and Pastor Nathan are pastors. Why do they need a pastor? That spiritual covering that's over our lives and there's a blessing attached to that and and you did things God's way like you said they that you went and you submitted what you were feeling in your spirit you were you were discerning you were listening you were hearing from God but then you just didn't say okay I heard from God I'm out of here you submitted it to your pastors and talk a little bit why you did that and the blessing that you feel like you reaped when you do things God's way when it comes to authority and submitting to authority in that way. Well, uh, absolutely. Well, um, a couple of things that just as you were talking that came up in my heart, you know, God loves us so much. He just didn't give us Jesus and he loves us so much. He just didn't give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. God loves us so much. He gave us gifts. Your gift, I'm a gift. You're, you're a pastor. I happen to operate as an evangelist, but God gives us gifts, the gift of pastors because we just don't need Jesus and the Holy Spirit. God says that pastors are to watch over our souls. And so because I was a single woman, even though I had my own ministry, I brought my ministry and my anointing under the covering of my pastors there at Kenneth Hagin Ministries. And so even I know the Holy Ghost, I was preaching and doing my own meetings. However, um, when it came time for me to make a big life change, I just didn't jump out and say, I don't need you. God put them in my life to watch over my soul. Mm -hmm. So I submitted the information that I believed I received from the Holy Spirit to them for them to judge it. That's good. And so that when I left, I just didn't leave. I was sent. 
Now let's let's talk, pause here. Now, what if when you went to them, they said, "Well, you know, Melissa, thanks for bringing this, but we don't really feel like that's what you're supposed to do." Right. I I would have had to submit to them, and there would have been a blessing in that, because when you uh, submit to spiritual authority, it's always for your protection. That's good. And you can see something or know something by the spirit, but because your soul gets involved, you can uh, miss the timing. I knew when I went to Rama. You know, I, I told you last night I was in a Kenneth Hagin meeting uh, and rededicated my life to the Lord when I was 17. I knew then I was called to the nations, yeah. but I wasn't ready to go yet. Wow. And so through submission, through authority, it prepares you for the future and it protects you. Because if I would have taken off when I was 17 or when I was 22 to Brazil or anywhere else, the devil would have ate my lunch. Yeah. Number one, I wouldn't have had a spiritual covering. It's important to have a spiritual covering. I'm I'm not a lone ranger. Amen. And you know what? Jesus wasn't a lone ranger. That's right. You were talking earlier about that scripture about the centurion. Share that. Yeah, yeah. Let's turn there. Let's go to uh, Matthew 8, 5, if you have your Bible. It says, that we're going to talk for a second about the faith of a centurion. It says, when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from the east and the west and recline at a table with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the kings of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. Uh, um, okay, we'll stop there. Well, that, you know, that's excellent. That's the example. Even with Jesus, he said that man had great faith. Why? Because he was a man under authority. So good. And, you know, when Jesus come, he said, I didn't come to do my will. Right. I came to do the will of my father. Yeah. And so when I was going to Bible school and training for the ministry, it wasn't just about my will or my ministry. I was training and learning how to bring the vision that, let's be honest, what the Hagans was doing, were doing, excuse me, was so much bigger than what um, at the time, you know, Melissa Swindle yeah. International Ministries was doing. So because I was uh, submitting to them and helping them bring their vision to pass, it started. I, I started getting authority. I started operating in what they were operating Reaping in. Reaping the benefits. You got it. Yes. Because what happens is, you know, Paul said in the scriptures, I'm just reminded of this. He said, this grace was given to me for your benefit. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people think, well, I'm born again. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I can get it on my own. You can. But. God gives us ministry gifts. He gives us pastors for our protection to separate and watch over our soul. And God gives us information through divine relationship. Paul said, this grace was given to me for your benefit. So and so what happened is because I went to Ramah, I was faithful to finish, and because I stayed and served that ministry, an impartation of that grace that was on that ministry, which was what? Faith. Mm 
God said to Brother Hagen, go teach my people faith. Well, one thing that you know about Melissa, if you spend time with me, is I'm a faith girl. Yeah. But not only am I a faith girl, is I'm a Holy Ghost girl. And that's another thing that that, that, that ministry was known for was not just a strong emphasis for faith, but also an emphasis of the, of, of the Spirit of mm-hmm. God. But I received that grace, or I call it an impartation right. of the Spirit of faith because I served that ministry. I submitted to them. And and it wasn't, you know, they didn't come to me and say, hey, you have to do this. I willfully came up under their authority. It was your heart. It, it was, was my heart. heart. And, you know, submit. you're a married woman. Yeah. And I think you know that, that submission is a heart issue. And people think, oh, wow, Melissa, you're, wow, you don't have anybody you have to submit to. You're single. Mm-mm, Mm-mm. Not a chance. Yeah. Number one, I have to submit to God. But I still submit my ministry to my pastors, and I'm submitted to my pastors. Yes. You know, um, now I shared I'm at Tampa uh, with Pastor Rodney Howard Brown at the River Tampa Bay Church. But prior to that, you know, I said I went from Rama. I was sent, um, and I was with the Koblenz at Eagle Mountain International Church. I was there for uh, about 13 years. Okay. But one of the things that I did when I went there is I started serving. But because I was faithful to what God told me to do with the Hagans, when I got to Eagle Mountain, I was ready and the favor of God was waiting for Mm. me. I never had to promote myself. I never had to say I went to Bible school. I'm a preacher. I can sing. I just came back from Brazil. I've been preaching here and there. and I never had to do that. I never had to make a place for myself. God made a place for me. And I submitted to their leadership, and I just started serving their vision. So good. And there's blessing and favor and protection that comes when you are submitted, whether it's a ministry, whether it's a, a husband and wife relationship, that God doesn't set us up to take things from us, but he sets us up to bless us and that supernatural protection that covers us. And, you know, I think it's so sad when women um, see it in a skewed light. or And I know there's abuses um, that happen, but but overall, having the mentality of a heart that wants to submit because we're not an independent spirit. If you're, you know, I've heard women in ministry say, I, I can't, the church doesn't make room for women or there's a glass lid for women in, in uh, ministry. And how how that's not true, you know, it, really it's a submission issue. Mm-hmm. Their hearts aren't willing to be submitted uh, to a, a spiritual authority or a covering. And so, you know, there's a blessing that's released when we have a heart of submission and understand authority. And that's what the, the Jesus was speaking of. You know, He said, if you want to be a woman of authority and power in any realm of your life, go back to, to what Jesus said to the centurion. He's a man of faith because he understands authority, delegated authority. Mm-hmm. He understands it. And when you have that understanding and you submit your heart to an authority, then there's that blessing that comes with it. So. Absolutely. And, you know, when so when I went to Eagle Mountain, um, which is Kenneth Copeland Ministries, they had a membership class. And I didn't think, well, I'm a traveling preacher. I don't have to go to their membership class. No. You know what I did? Is every church has a culture. And so I, I'm going to submit to the culture of this ministry. If you want to be in leadership at this church, you got to go through membership class. Now that I come and say, hey, y'all, I want to help you guys. You know, you can throw me the microphone today and I'll do the offering message for you. I'll just open it up. Or, hey, Brother Copeland, do you want me to be on the BVOV? No. I went and submitted myself to their culture within their church, which they had a membership class. So I went to that membership class and I never had to say I went to Bible school. I'm a preacher. I'm traveling. No. During those membership classes, my pastor, she walked by me and she said, sit with me on the front row. 
I didn't think, oh, wow, this is my big chance. She's going to ask me to preach today. I already knew that wasn't going to happen. Number one, the Bible says you need to know those that labor among you. And so I just went and I started serving her. And whatever was important to uh, my pastors, Pastor George and Terry Pearsons, I made it important to me. And then even though I got invitations and booked meetings to preach, I would book my meetings around the big meetings. Wow. I never booked a meeting during Brother Copeland's Southwest Believers Convention. Okay. I made it my business to be at all of his meetings. Wow. And I was available to serve. Or When my church had a big event and meeting, I'm not somewhere else preaching. I'm there serving my pastors. What can I do to help? And because of that, they put me over about nine things at that ministry. Wow. And there had been people that had been at that. Just the favor of God was waiting for me right. because I was faithful to submit to the authority where I was before, and I was blessed and sent. I just didn't go. I was sent, and I was over all of these different things of the ministry that other people who had been at the church for 20-plus years were begging to do. But because I had already been submitted to authority, I wasn't trying to make a place for myself. God made a place for me. That is so good. I mean, that's the key. I just see, you know, just your humble spirit and humility. And even now when we go to Dr. Rodney's meetings in Tampa, like you're there. You're there to receive. You don't get the the mentality or uh, the attitude, oh, I've received enough. Like I'm good. I'm going to go build, uh, you know, Evangelist Melissa's ministry. No, you are there to receive and, and support the vision of that which you're under. And that's powerful. So good. Amen. Well, you know, um, I think that that's important that, you know, no matter how far we go in ministry, we need fathers of the faith. And, you know, um, being that I'm single, I still need my pastor. I still, I, 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 it's, I listen to Pastor Rodney more than I listen to anybody else. And I do that because God's made him my pastor at this season in my life. So why would I go and listen to somebody else more than I'm listening to the voice of my pastor? That's so good, especially speaking from someone who's in the pastor role Mm -hmm. to know that the people under you are, you know, giving here to giving ear to your voice and, and really putting you in that place. Like, don't come under our spiritual authority and then listen and glean from all these other, I mean, you can, but the main voice, but if you're listening and gleaning from all these other people, then you're taking me out of a position that I can speak with authority into your life. Absolutely. And I believe that I've seen the, um, you know, as I would say, success in ministry that I have because God taught me that at such a young age. I was very, you know, when I was at the Hagans, I wasn't trying to bring the vision of my previous pastor to pass at their ministry. Or, you know, when I went to the Copelands, I made their vision my vision, and I made it my business to be uh, emphasized what they emphasized. And I think it's the same thing. Now, do I still listen to Brother Hagen? Absolutely. Course, yeah. Do I still listen to Brother Copeland? Absolutely. Yeah. But at this season, there is no other place where I need to be fed spiritually more than the voice of my pastor. That's and so I always make that my business. And because of that, I've grown because you're always receiving um, impartation and you're learning. And what happens is, you know, Paul said, you've become a partaker of my grace. What's happening now is I notice I've become a partaker of the grace that's on my pastor. Absolutely, absolutely. And and just all of that impartation that now has really, not that that was your motive, but you know to desire that impartation to set you up for success. Absolutely. So that foundation is there. And and you know it's it's amazing that that as you're receiving that you are receiving that grace upon your life and 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 how foolish for people 
not to do that. Right. And, you know, when I go um, a lot of places, you know, I, I have a, a great opportunity internationally and many doors open for me internationally. But, you know, I always go under authority. When I travel, I share with my pastors where I'm going. I let them know, you know, just like a a, a lady would if she was married, um, and not because my pastors require that of me, but it's safety. In submission, there's safety. Mm -hmm. In submission, there's protection. And it's not something that they require of me or, hey, you've got to call us or, hey, you've got to tell us where you're going. But I want that covering and that protection. So, I, you know, I, I say, you know, hey, hi, um, hi Pastor Rodney, Pastor Donica, I wanted to let you know um, I'm going to be traveling this week. This is where I'm going to be. Love you guys. Uh, please pray for me. Wow. You know, now I'm not expecting, uh, you know, Pastor Rodney to Donica to do my praying for me. Right. But I do want their covering. Right. And I want them to know where I'm at. You know, when I'm traveling internationally, I want them to know where I'm at and what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, what would happen if, you know, the enemy put a hit out on me and I don't even have anybody to call. Nobody even, nobody knows I'm there. And I, I just don't go and do things by myself. I'm doing them under a delegated authority. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Absolutely. And absolutely. so I notice when I go to places, you know, one of the big things that the Lord used me to do is evangelism and outreach um, when I was at, at Eagle Mountain. And, um, you know, I notice now, um, and then I do it internationally as well, but I notice now that because I'm with Pastor Rodney, that that has grown even more in my life, and there's even more fruit. And I always say to Pastor Rodney, I said, you know, I'm so honored to be here with you. And I said, being with you here at your church and sitting under your ministry reminds me so much of being with Brother Hagen, because my pastor carries so much of what Brother Hagen also carried, the Word and the Spirit. So I've noticed that in my ministry, individually, as I've sat under Pastor Rodney and Pastor Adonica, that that's grown and developed more even in my own personal ministry. So good. And I believe that what we're talking about today is really the key to success and thriving as a woman in ministry. Right. That, that heart, that, uh, the humility and submission to authority is, is really the key to seeing you prosper. What advice would you give to a woman who feels called to the ministry? Uh, whether she's single, whether, um, let's look at it from a couple different oh, angles. Yeah, this is good. So she's single or she's married and she feels called, but her doesn't, her husband does not feel called. Mm-hmm. Um, or let's throw in a third option there. She's married and it's just not the right season yet. Maybe she has little ones, but she's discerning. She's hearing a call of God upon her life. Absolutely. Well, that's a great question. You know, at Rhema, I learned, I keep saying this over and over again, but preparation time is never wasted time. You know, Jesus prepared 30 years for three years mm. of very effective ministry. Yeah. You know, we follow his pattern. But as uh, as a single woman, I would say, number one, get trained. Get trained, get plugged in in a local church, submit to the vision of your pastor and start making his vision your vision. That's so good. Yeah. But tithe into his vision, give into his vision. You know, I, I tithe and give out of my own ministry back into my church. Mm-hmm. I just don't put all, you know, I, and, and do the same thing personally. And so I would say, get trained, get submitted, uh, get planted in a local church. You know, the scripture says those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish like a palm tree. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know, um, really the first place I believe that people start is in the helps ministry. You know, um, so many people, people don't like to hear that. 
But it is a ministry. It is. You know, I think people say, oh, I, you know, I'm an intercessor. I have a prayer ministry. Well, you don't really see that in the scriptures, but you do see the ministry of helps. Right. And the ministry of helps is when you are called alongside a five-fold ministry gift, an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, to help them in their assignment. And as you're doing that, even though you may have a five-fold call yourself, you're sowing seed for your future. You're getting trained. You're watching the ins and outs of what to do, what not to do. Yeah. And um, it's preparation time. But what if you're a woman who's married and you feel a call to minister and your husband doesn't? You go, well, I see you. God bless you. I'm out of here. No. It doesn't nope. work that way. <laughs> That's right. You know, on the application, I remember this as a young lady for the Bible school for Rama. They ask you, are you single or are you married? And then, uh, you know, for people who answer, yes, they're married, it says, is your, um, you know, they want to know, are you born again? Are you filled with the Spirit? The dates of that. But they want to know, is your mate born again? Is your mate filled with the Spirit? Does your mate have the witness and are they in agreement for you to come to Bible school? They don't let couples come separate to Bible school. And so I think it's very important that you learn to submit to your husband in a godly way and that whatever ministry or call that God has for you, you know, I believe ministry, you know, think about Mary. She never had a pulpit, but her ministry was being a, a wife and a mama. Yeah, right. You know, she didn't have to she didn't have to leave town, you know, and get a microphone and start her own YouTube channel right. to be in the ministry. And be encouraged because she even lost Jesus once. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. There's hope for us all, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, I I would say number one, it would be talk to your pastor, let him know what you have in your heart, talk to your husband. What does your husband have in his heart? What's the vision of your home? What's the vision of your family? You know, I have a couple that um, that I'm great friends with. We went to Rhema together, and um, after graduation, uh, they went to Brazil, and they got married, and the wife, all she did was support her husband. She supported her husband, supported him in the ministry, took care of the kids, and she knew she had a call in her life as well to ministry, but she knew for that season her assignment was to support her husband. That's good. That she, her only goal and only agenda was to minister to him, take care of him, and take care of their children. That's so good. But that whole time, she was still preparing. I think I heard you say that. Yes. You know, a wise woman discerns the season. And, you know, just because it's not now doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And it's it's discerning that and not letting that frustration push you into creating an Ishmael or cause such a, a discontentment that you're miserable in the season that you're in. Because, you know, the enemy would love to rob you of the season that you're in, either looking forward or wishing backwards. But really... Uh, uh, harvesting the season that you're in for all that it's worth. That means if you're at home with those babies, you're in the Word. Uh, you're, you know, filling up with the Word. You're ministering to anyone around you. I, some of those times that I was, uh, you know, whether at the grocery store, at Target, uh, at play dates, at soccer practice, those were the times that I got to, like, be the most organic Christian. When I say that, I mean, like, I was just, people didn't know me as Pastor Joey. They knew me as, you know, Evan's mom. Or right. uh, and, and so what was nice about that was that I could, like, stay in and I still do this, but it was a season where I could stay ground level and, and just witness. Like, you know, I'm going to witness and share my faith to you, not because I have a microphone in front of me, but because that's who I am. And learning, you know, uh, the core of what I felt called to and my passions and understanding and discerning that call and still studying the word, still uh, preparing for uh, what God eventually had for me in the next season. But really harvesting and making the most out of the season that I was in. 
and not uh, not uh, despising that season, but but taking it as preparation time was so important to do. And you know, even uh, I remember when I was called into the ministry, uh, just talking about you know submitting to authority. My dad was Catholic. He wasn't. Um, he had never made a personal decision at that point to follow mm-hmm. Christ. He was going through religious. Uh, religion. And so he didn't have a relationship where he necessarily was was praying and hearing from the Lord. But but I remember calling him and saying, I feel called to go into the ministry and, and not go back to college. And that right. was a big deal to him. Right. And uh, he was against it at first. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with the Lord. And I said, Lord, uh, I know your your word says to leave father and mother and brother and sister and, and, right. and, and, and all of those things. But it's important to me to have my dad's blessing. That's that's where I'm setting my faith. I'm setting my faith that um, that you can can speak to him and change his heart. So I said to him before we got off the phone, after we had that conversation, I said, can we pray? Mm. Can we pray together? And he said, all right. And he said, he, he never prayed out loud, but he said, God, if you want her in the ministry, and I know you don't, <laughs> but if you want her to. You know, make it make it plain to us, and and so um, you know he prayed that prayer, and it wasn't easy, but but you know through me staying uh, submitted to him, not see my my old nature before I got saved, I would have thrown a fit. I would I'm going no matter mm-hmm. what you say, I'm going. This is what I'm doing. My new nature in Christ was to now turn from a rebellious teenager to be submitted to my father's authority. And to me, that was a personal thing Mm -hmm. that was important to me because of the new nature of who I was to have the blessing of my father. And I'm telling you, by the time I went off to Bible school, he was supportive of me. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure he he had his concerns. I'm sure he had his hesitations, but he was there. He drove me to Florida. He bought my books for me. He got me set up. And that was important to me to have his blessing. So, you know, I saw God work as I set my faith... Lord, you know, and I believe that the Lord knew that he was, what was going to happen and transpire. And I, and I would have followed, God would have made a way for me to, to feel released, to follow the call of God upon mm-hmm. my life. But that was a way that God answered my prayer and said, I'm setting my faith for the blessing of my father because that's what was important to me. Well, God always works through authority. And at that time, your father was your um, highest natural authority. But I love what you did. And and we have an opportunity to talk about this. You did what I call appealing to the higher authority. Mm. Your dad was your natural authority in your life at that time, but it was important for you to have his blessing. So what did you do? You appealed to the higher authority. Who was the only person that was higher than your father in your life? God. So you went to your father, God, and you said, Lord, you're the one that told me I'm called to ministry. Talk to him and confirm it. And so the Lord did that. And I believe that, you know, maybe a wife might say, well, I'm called to ministry and my husband doesn't see it. Well, the Bible says two can't walk together except they be agreed. Mm -hmm. And so maybe instead of you trying to convince your husband yourself, why don't you be a real woman of God and appeal to the higher authority? Get in your prayer closet and start talking to God. And instead of you trying to talk to your husband, let God talk to your husband like God talked to your dad. That's right. That's so good. So good. So good. Yeah. So we addressed uh, the single woman in ministry. We addressed the, uh, the the married woman who's not in the right season. And we addressed the one that, that maybe her husband wasn't uh, in agreement. So lessons to, to women. What are the top three pieces of advice you would give to women? Ministry, not ministry. Give us advice from a Reverend oh my Evangelist goodness. Melissa Swindle. <clears throat> Number one, find out who you are in Christ. I, I, I would say probably one of the biggest things that changed my life just as a woman was getting revelation of who I was in Christ, not who I am as a woman, um, 
but who I am in relationship to my Father and who Christ is in me. That completely transformed my life um, and, and who I am today. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not something that you ever outgrow. Just like you never outgrow submission to authority, you'll never outgrow having to renew your mind to who you are in Christ. Okay. Um, I would say the second thing was would be get planted in a local church, you know, because again, the scripture says those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish like a palm tree. And so I I notice a lot of people that they flounder in life because they never get planted. Mm -hmm. They bounce from church to church, job to job, relationship to relationship, get planted in the house of God and submit to the vision of your pastor. And then I would say tithing. Come on. Preach it. <laughs> tithing, tithing, not going to the shopping mall and tithing, yeah, and 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 giving. Now, what I, what about a woman who's in a relationship and you're saying, okay, it's important that I tithe, but my husband is the provider. What do you say? Oh, I I think that's excellent. Well, number one, it says you know you're you're supposed to submit to men as they submit to God. If if your mate is asking you to do something that's ungodly, of course, you know if he says, hey, today at three o'clock I'm coming to pick you up. We're going to rob a bank. Well, you're not going to submit to that, right? You know because it's outside of God's word. But I would say. You know, if if you have an opportunity as a woman to bring finances into the home, tithe off of yeah. it. Um, but you don't have to, like, put your thumb on your husband and say, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. I would say put pressure on the word, put pressure on God, and then whatever you maybe have the opportunity to bring in personally, um, tithe off of it. And you don't have to rub that in your husband's face. You know, I had a friend. She was married to somebody. Uh, she had kind of gotten out of the will of God and, and uh and married somebody that wasn't a believer, and he would never let her give. And he uh, would only give her enough money, you know, to go to the grocery store for this. So you know what she would do? And he would let her keep, like, the change from the grocery store. So she would take the money that was left from the grocery store, Mm. and she would send it as a tithe to the church. Wow. Wow. I mean, that touches my heart. I can't imagine how the Lord must... Yeah. Feel about that kind of Yeah. Thing. So, I mean, that, that worked for her. And then that got God involved in yeah. her life and, and in her future. And it made all the difference. And today, uh, she's in full-time ministry, traveling wow. the world. She just came back from France, I think, last Amazing. week. Yeah. All right. So last question. What's on your list? I know you've been praying for that one day that the Lord has oh, somebody for you. I like to talk you. about this. Yes, yes, yes. What is on your list? What's your expectation, you know, uh, from the Lord of, of your spouse one day? Well, I think something that's really important, number one, is, you know, I've had an opportunity to get married before, um, but thank God I was submitted to my pastors and I submitted those relationships to my pastor. And I said, you know, Melissa, we don't feel good about this one or that one. And because of that, it protected me from marrying the wrong one. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, I've waited this long. I want to marry the right one. And because I believe, I, you know, obviously I'm in the ministry full time, I'm not going to uh, go and connect myself with somebody who's not a believer. Yeah. You know, because the scripture said, what fellowship does light have with darkness? And um, I believe for me, um, I have in my heart from the Lord that my husband is a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so I believe um, when I meet my husband, he's a pastor, he's already in the ministry. But what I'll do at that time is it's it's not about Melissa Swindle International Ministry. I'm not going to go, hey, honey, quit what you're doing and leave the church and go with me on the road to travel. 
No way. Right. I want um, a man of God that I can submit to, bring my gift under his gift yes. and support him. If he needs me to do anything, I can help him. I can help with the women right. of the church and start having babies. But someone that has <laughs> the same training that I have yes. and someone that submitted to a pastor. That's good. Because I um, want somebody, obviously, that's stronger than me yes. and that can lead me. Yes. Um, but I don't want somebody that I, uh, I'm like, oh, my God. I want somebody that knows more than me yes. and that's under a pastor that knows more than both of us yes. so that when I need to, I can appeal to the higher authority. I can go, Lord. I need you to talk to him. <laughs> That's right. Maybe, maybe, Lord, can you have pastor call or, you know, because if if he doesn't have that already in his life, you know, I never consider anybody who's not planted in a local church. And just for me personally, I wouldn't consider someone that's not called to full-time ministry. Not that that's not okay for other women. You know, I have some other friends that are ministers, um, that they just want to marry a business guy. And that's yeah. great. But for me, I know, um, you know, the Bible says two are better than one because there's more reward for their labor. And so I really want someone that I can do the will of God with and has a vi vision that's bigger than mine so that I can come up under them and support them and help them fulfill what God's called that's them to good. do. How do you stay encouraged while you're waiting for that person? Hallelujah. <laughs> and I think this is good because there's a lot of uh, single women who tune in to the podcast and just to to hear from a woman of God who's you know has her, her you know full force ahead in in walking in God's will yet still waiting for that to manifest right. how do you stay encouraged well you know I knew I couldn't wait to do ministry until I got married and in the natural you know the thoughts would come to me oh it'll be easier you'll have a husband to support you all those things but for me it just it didn't go that way I knew I still had to keep going forward with my ministry but one of the things I can remember when I still lived in Tulsa one night I was feeling sorry for myself. Preachers do that. You know, <laughs> the thing that about preachers is we're just like everybody else. We yeah. just have a higher standard in our life. So I was feeling sorry for myself. And I was like, Lord, you know, I'm talking in my heart. So, Lord, it, it looks like everyone else's life has gone forward. But mine, mm -hmm. this friend's got married and that friend's got married and they're pastoring and doing this and that and da-da-da-da. And it looks like, you know, I'm still at Rainbow working at, you know, helping and working at the Prayer and Healing Center. Yeah, and the, I, I remember uh, that they taught us a song at, at <laughs> Brand Healing School because it says, "My future looks good, my future looks bright." Mm. I'm walking in the call and the plan of God for my life. Oh, so cool. what I have to do is I have to speak to the, to myself and control my soul. And because I have a word from God, the Lord told me my husband's a pastor, yeah. so I don't waste my time anymore with anybody that's that's not their you know their right. thing in life. But I just have to, you know, the Bible says. We reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And all women can reign in life, married or unmarried, through how? Not through the identification of their natural husband, but through their husband, Jesus Christ. That's a word. That's and so, so I've learned to rule and reign in life. I don't have to wait till I get married to be happy. I don't have to wait till I get married to fulfill my ministry. But because, you know, what would happen, Pastor Joy, if I did get married when I was 22 and then my husband died before me and went to heaven? Mm. Does my call die with him? No, I still have a call in my life that I have to fulfill. I still have to walk in who I am in Christ. And so I just endeavor every day to anchor my soul in who I am in Christ and keep moving forward by faith yeah. and, and thanking God that, uh, that I'm going to be connected with the right one. And really, I just say I'm a married woman. So really what I do now is I live like a married woman. 
So good. I conduct myself that way. Yes. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not on all the, you know, Single the and websites. Ready to mingle. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I um I want God to put us together. Yeah. And I don't want it to create an Ishmael. Yeah. I mean, trust me, I could have had that a long time yeah, ago. Right. I want God's Isaac for my life. Oh, so and good. the will of God is worth waiting for. Amen. The will of God is worth waiting for. It has been such a pleasure to have Reverend Melissa Swindle with us today. Just a, a wealth of wisdom. The way up is down. No, the way down is up. Wait, no, the way <laughs> Up, it's down. That's that is right. Yes, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Amen. So good. Thank you so yes. much for being with us today. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and make sure that you comment on this podcast. Let us know that you love it. Also, you can follow Melissa Swindle on all sorts of social media outlets Instagram at Melissa.swindle. You can follow her on Facebook at Melissa Swindle and subscribe at YouTube channel Melissa Swindle. Don't forget to visit MelissaSwindle.com for upcoming events and join us tonight at Elm. Ministry 630 Champion Center, Washington. The doors open. We can't wait to see you. And also don't forget to follow uh, the Mrs. Rev podcast on Facebook. You can follow me, Joey Miller, on Facebook or on Instagram. Thanks for joining us today. We love and believe God's best for all of your lives. God bless you. See you next time. Thanks again for joining us for the Mrs. Rev podcast. Once again, do us a favor and subscribe, but also leave a review and a rating. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. So after you subscribe, request to join our closed Facebook group and feel free to leave your questions there. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Mrs. Rev Podcast.